spirit and in truth, God will respond. And so we give God praise for that. We are continuing part two from last week. If you've been coming to Bible study, uh, Bible study and service last week, you may find this passage of scripture familiar. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. Starting at verse 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, start at verse 12. I'm still reading from the New Living's translation. Um, the words may read different, but guess what? The message is still the same. The Bible says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body. Somebody say one body. By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says... I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would you smell it? But our bodies have many parts. Somebody say many parts. If you're reading from King James Version, it'll say many members. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Yes, there are many members, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact... Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. 24. While the more honorable, the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has split the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes us makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. 27 is going to finish, I conclude our reading. All of you together, all of you under the sound of my voice are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Father God, we thank you now for your word and how you have already blessed it. You have already purposed it to do what you want it to do in this place. So, Father, I just pray that you have your way. Father, speak to us like only you can. Father, move like only you can. And we will be careful to give honor and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, 
And everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody said, amen. amen. Just for a subject, I want to continue to do a, a part two of the case of a paralyzed church. The case of a paralyzed church. This Sunday, we're continuing um, this conversation that the Lord introduced to us last week. Last week, we were introduced to the concept that paralysis, being paralyzed, is not just something that can happen to our physical bodies, but it can happen in the body of Christ, right? It can happen in the church. When one of us, somebody say one of us, is not responding to the call of God in our lives, God is calling you to, number one, get saved. God is, number two, calling you to get plugged in. And then, number three, God is calling you to serve. I'm going to say that again. God is calling you to get saved, to get to know him, have a personal relationship. Then he's calling you to get plugged in into a growing community. And then God is calling you to what? Serve. I hope y'all writing it down. Save, plugged in, and serve. And if one of us, somebody say one of us, if one of us is not responding to all three of those calls, we are hindering the movement that God has ordained for his kingdom to release on the earth. Last week was our call to action. Last week called us saying, look, it got you into the place where like, okay, I need to do something. And this week, God wants to shift our focus as a church as to what growth looks like. What does growth looks like? A body is not meant, it's not meant to stay the same. But a body is meant to grow bigger and stronger. A body is meant to grow bigger and stronger. And if, it's, if a body is not growing bigger and stronger, then there's something going on inside that body, right? And I declare to you, the paths for you are big. He has big plans. He has a big promise. He has big doors. He has big opportunities. He has big progress, a big family, big healings, big miracles. The things of God's will are big. Somebody shout big. Bigger than what you can imagine, bigger than what you can think, bigger than what you can expect. God has something big. Somebody shout big. And as believers that want to take a hold of all that God has for us, if you want to live in God's will, then you have to accept this and accept this fact and anticipate that God always wants to do something bigger and better. I don't care what it is. God always, somebody shout always wants to do something bigger and better because look at it this we say this god's hand is big right god his existence his hand is big and for us to say that we want to see the hand of god in our lives it means that we have to see big things transpiring and manifesting before us i'm going to insert a pinpoint here not in my notes but sometimes what's big to god is not what's going to be big to the world Sometimes what the big thing that God wants to do in your life, it may not necessarily look like a promotion. It may not necessarily look like you getting this blessing or this money or you getting this right here. It's that big thing in your life, it may not even look like a materialistic thing. But the big thing, the big thing in God is going to increase, hallelujah, it's going to make better the quality of your life. That's why when I get a blessing and I get a promotion on my job, it's not that I got the job. It's not that I just, I'm just making more money, but the access and the blessing, it makes better the quality of my life. Am I making sense? That's why you people shout when they get married, not because they just got a husband and now they can post a picture on Instagram and Facebook and, and come up with the, the catchy a phrase for their weddings and their ceremonies. 
a partner in my life that makes the quality of my life better. That's why when you get healed, it's not just I'm praising God because I can do what I, I can do what I want to do. No, because God healed me and it increases the what quality of my life. So the big thing of God is not going to just come and show up in materialistic things and physical things is going to show up in the quality. Somebody shout quality. So God wants to do big things in your life. He wants to bring bring big things into your life to increase the quality of your life. And so in every new season that God brings you to, every new season that God says, okay, I'm taking you into, you have to understand this. You should be looking for God to do something bigger and better. Amidst the transitions, uh, uh, the transition season of our church, let me de declare to you, God desires that his church to grow big. Amidst of all that has been going on in our church the past few months, God desires for his church to grow big. You ought to shout like that. If, you, if you're part of Kingdom Movement, you ought to shout. In the midst of all that God is doing, in the midst of the new seasons that God is bringing us to, he wants to do something big. As a church and even individuals, we must never get to the place where we are sold out on what we have. Okay, like, okay, I'm cool with what I got. I'm happy with what I got. But we have to continue to press for more. It's imperative that you be grateful. Yes, be grateful, be content, but you must always be hungry. Yo, you got to learn how to say, Lord, I thank you for this, but God, I, I know you still have more for me. God, I thank you for what I'm doing on my job now, but I, I know you still have more for me. God, I thank you for the, 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 the health and strength that I have now, but I know you still have more for me. So, God, I'm grateful. Lord, I'm not complaining. God, I'm thankful for every little single thing you have more for me. God, I thank you for what you did in our service this morning, but I know you still got more for us. God, I thank you for the visitors we had. God, I thank you for the guests we had. But, God, I know you still have more. God, I thank you for the property and the buildings and all the miracles and the testimonies we have. But, God, I know you still have more. Somebody shout more. Don't let your accomplishments, don't let your progress blind you from the more that God has for you. Because sometimes we think, okay, I got this, I got that, I'm good. But no, God wants to do something even more in your life. Even the Apostle Paul, he said this, after writing half of the New Testament, he performed a whole bunch of miracles. He ministered to a whole bunch of people, planted uh, dozens of church. He said, after he did all of that, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, he said, Although I've done all those things, I've done plenty of churches. I, 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 done wrote, I done wrote 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Romans. I done, I done wrote Ephesians. I done wrote Galatians. I done did all of that. And even after all of that, I still haven't hit my best yet. That's crazy to me. And I was, this is not in my notes, but this just came to me. I was seeking, I, I was actually just strolling on, on social media this week. And he was saying, what if on the last day, you stand in judgment day, the apostle Paul is in front of you. And he tells the Lord, God, I wrote this book. I, God, I, I performed this miracle. Um, God, I've done all of these things. And, and you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. And you come in. And then God, and then the apostle Paul looks to you, asks you what you did. And you say, I went to church on Sunday. I, I, I tried to make it to church every, every chance I got. I, I, I tried to do this right here. You got to learn how to put something into it. Even though you may have been doing something, you have to understand that there's always more that God has for you. Am I making sense? Somebody shout more. Paul 
did all those things, he understood that God had more. And let me tell you, until we make it to heaven, there is no cap, there's no final level in our experience with life in God. Until you make it to heaven, you can always grow a little bit more. Until you make it to heaven, you can always do a little bit better. Until you make it to heaven, there is more for you to experience. Am I making sense? And if we're not going to be a paralyzed church, we have to take on the mindset that, God, we got to go for what more. That even when you feel as if you reach a good place in life, I got a good job. I got my family doing good. I, I, I really don't got ain't nothing wrong with me. God still wants to do something greater. After good comes greater. I'm going to say that again. After good comes greater. After the good job comes a what? Greater job. After a good season comes a what? Greater season. After good comes greater. And I declare to you that this morning, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what's happening in your life, God has more in store for you. More than what you have right now, more than what you see in this moment. There are more souls, I declare to you, there are more souls to fill this sanctuary. There are more experiences for us to have. There's more in store for us in this house and everyone connected to it. However, we cannot reach out to possess the more that God has for us if we are paralyzed. Right? So, the case of a paralyzed church. Can I tell us what keeps us paralyzed? I hope y'all taking notes. Let me tell you what keeps you paralyzed. It is your mindset and your perspectives that keep you paralyzed. It is our mindsets and our perspectives that keep us paralyzed. There's this message that's been reeking in my, my shundo for the past few days. Amen. Praise God. And it is this. Our perception is our reality perception is your re reality. Ain't that right? Your perception is your what? Reality. How you look at something, how you see that thing, what you think about a thing is going to determine how you handle and you approach that thing. For the Bible says, Proverbs 23 and 7 for my note takers, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is what he. Your perception is your reality. This is in regards to the sacred things. If you treat, if you perceive church to be something that you just can do whenever you want to, then guess what? You're going to treat it as it's something you can do when you want to do it. If you see your partner as this right here, guess what? You're going to treat your partner as this right here because your perception is your reality. Even with the secular things, if you see your job, I'm, this, is just, this is just something to get a little extra change. If you see, then you're going to halfway do your job. This even with some of the simple things. If you if you think you can get away with sin and play with, guess what? You're gonna treat sin as if you can play with it because your perception of it is your what reality. Am I making sense? So this is why we have to understand Ephesians two and six for my note takers. We have been seated with Christ in heavenly places, right? Once you get saved, you're no longer operating from this realm of this earth, but you have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right. Let me say it again. You have been seated with Christ. Heaven is not. It's we bring in heaven to the earth, but heaven is higher. Right. You have been seated with Christ in heavenly places and been seated with in heaven. Not only comes with power and authority, but it comes with a higher perspective. And my question for you this morning is, is from what place? From what place are you looking at your life? Are you looking at your life from the place of someone who is limited and bound by the cares and the powers and the limitations of this world? Or are you looking at your life from the place of someone who is seated with power and authority?
looking at your job as someone who is just confined to this earth or are you looking at your job from the from the perspective of someone who is seated with Christ in heaven are you looking at your situation from someone who is just going through things on this earth or are you looking at it from a perspective of someone who is what seated with Christ in heaven because when you know where you stand at with God you start looking at things differently in your life when you know when you know who you are and whose you are, you stop looking at you start looking at things differently in your life. Am I making sense? When you know who you belong to, when you know when you know what you have in God, you start looking at things differently in your life. Because no longer am I looking at it from just this perspective of this of this earth, but now I'm seated with authority. I'm seated with power. I'm seated with an opportunity. I'm seated with Christ himself in heaven. So you got to learn to have that perspective. Amen. So the question is, how, Pastor Kyle, how can I make this change in my perspective? If my perception is my reality and I want to look at things from my heavenly perspective, how do I make that switch? Are y'all ready for me to give you the answer? If you want to make the switch from looking at life from just simply in your own situation, from this own earthly perspective, and you want to look at it from a heavenly perspective, write this question down. How can I grow from this? How can I grow from this? Instead of seeing the problems in the situation, you got to learn to look for the promise. You got to learn to look for the potential and the platform for you to grow. Often we hang our hats on something, on how something is, when we should be asking ourselves, how can I grow from this? Oftentimes we look at things and we be like, okay, it is what it is. But no, God is saying, you need to ask yourself, how can I grow? What happens to you, happen to you in your life? I dare you to change your perspective and ask yourself, how can I grow from this point into something better? How this? How is this going to make me a better person? How this is going to make me a better me? What is this moment calling me to bring my attention to? What is, what is this moment calling me to step up in? Because I declare to you, what looks like an obstacle in your life is actually an opportunity for you to grow. I'm going to say that again. What looks like an obstacle in your life, what looks like is keeping you from getting your promise, is actually an opportunity for you to grow. All of your fears and your frustrations and your failures when you feel like something didn't go right. No, that wasn't to keep you discouraged. No, that came to develop you. It was an opportunity for you to grow. Grow what? Grow in your faith. Grow what? Grow in your calling. Grow in your confidence in God. Grow in your relationship with God. I'm not making sense. So I need to tell somebody since what has been sent, to, sent into your life was meant to grow you. Don't settle here. Grow from here. Don't get mad. No, grow from here. Don't get here and get comfortable. No, grow from here. I tell you, kingdom, it's time to grow. And the only way that we can grow is if we embrace change. Somebody say change. If you're going to grow, you got to change. If you want to grow, you have to change. Somebody shout change. And I'm not talking about the change in your situation. I'm not talking about the change in the conditions of your life. I'm talking about embracing a change in you. If you're going to grow, it's not about God fix this in my fix this in my situation. God fix this in my life. I'll give me a better job. God, give me no. Sometimes you got to change you, and then once you change you, God will change things around you. Change your heart. Change.
change your mindset and watch when you change you, God will change things around you. So what does change look like? What does change look like? What does this change look like? What, what does change in our church going to look like? What does change as a growing church going to look like? What, what does change as a growing individual looks like? How am I going to grow? What, what does growing actually looks like, right? Um, the answer to this question is just as with the human body. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving to you these, these three points. Why tell you it blessed my socks off? It blessed my socks off. And I'm going to give it to you. This is how you know you're growing. We know a body is growing. When you got a little kid and you know a little kid is growing, when you see, number one, a change in their weight. Somebody shout weight. Okay, yeah, this time y'all whispered it to your neighbor. Shout weight. One of the easiest and the clearest ways to know that you're growing is to step on the scale. I don't know. It don't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. That scale is always going to tell the truth. And look, Miss Mary said, and won't apologize when it's said. The scale, watch this. It tells us the intensity of what we're carrying on the inside of us. I'm going to say it again. The scale, when you step on it, it tells you the intensity of what you're carrying on the inside of you. It tells you your weight. And as Christians, we are called to carry the glory of God on the inside of us. And so, W-E-I-G-H-T. I find it crazy in the Bible that the word for the glory of God is, one of the words is kabod. K-A-B-O-D. K-A-B-O-D. This is a word for the glory of God. And when you look at the literal translation, guess what it means? It literally means weight. The weight of God's glory. And so we're called to carry God's glory. We're called to carry God's what? Weight. Because God's glory carries weight. True growth shows up as an expansion. Because if you grow and you sometimes you grow out, you grow up, but sometimes you grow out. You expand in your mind, you expand in your heart, you expand in your spirit to carry more of God. That's what true growth is. I'm expanding. I'm growing out so that I can carry more of God on the inside of me. There's an increase in us to carry more of God's knowledge, to carry more of God's favor, carry more of God's power, more of his wisdom, more of his holiness, more of his righteousness. I'm growing because I'm carrying more of God in me. I'm growing because I'm starting to see more of God in me. I'm starting to see less of Calvin, and I'm starting to see more of Jesus. I'm growing because I'm starting to see less of me. And more of him. I'm growing. I'm expanding because my encounters with God are becoming more real. They're becoming more passionate. They're becoming more intense. The way I worship is it's growing because I'm becoming more passionate with God. I declare to you that we will know that our church is growing, not just because we have a packed church, not just because we have new people joining, but we will know that our church is growing when our worship services are carrying more of God's glory. When we can see God do more in our services, when you can see God raising the personal level of your praise, raising the personal level of your worship, raising the personal level of your commitment, when we see God doing that, when we see all 
more intense, more real, more passionate, that's when we know we're growing. When what we've been doing becomes real to each and every one of us. When we see people singing the song, not just because we got the words in our heads, but it's the words in our hearts, and that's how we really feel, that's how you know you're growing. So we know we're growing when things get heavy in the spirit. We have to be more, we have to go more for the weight of God's glory. Every Sunday, every Wednesday night, every Tuesday night, we're going for a more intense encounter, a more personal encounter, a more personal praise, a more personal um, adoration for God. I'm giving more because I want to carry more of you, God. Am I making sense? And so to have a more intense encounter, we have to get to a, a place of deep, a deeper place of desperation. We have to get to a place where you want God more than anything else. You want God really badly. Bible says, Matthew 5 and 6, he says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what? Feel. What happens when you eat? When you eat food and you keep eating food, you grow. Right? You grow. And as you hunger and you thirst after, after God, after, as you hunger and you thirst out and worship and you give God your praise, you give God your best, you give God all that you have, because sometimes we give God a halfway. But when you give God all that you have, he will fill you with him and that will expand your experience. That will increase the intensity of your experience with him. So if you want more of God, give God more of you. Amen. So, you know, you're growing when we have a more intense, a more intense encounter with God. I'm, I haven't talked about um, materialistic things. You know, you're growing when you have an intense encounter with God, when things become more real, more personal. Number two, you also know you're growing when you see a change in your width. W-I-T-H. No, W-I-D-T-H. W-I-D-T-H. Width is the width span. As you grow older, think about a little kid. If you had a little kid right here, um, as they grow older, the width of their arms expand, right? They, they grow longer. And since, watch this, the width of their arms are expanding, they are able to reach out and do more. A baby can't do too much because their width is small. So here's the thing. This is, how I know we, this is how we know we're growing. We know we're growing when we are able to reach out into our communities. Reach out to the lives of others. Reach out to our families and make a difference. We can make a difference more. Truth grow, true growth shows itself when we are not just coming to church for a good time. But when each of us because we're talking about not just one of us or some of us, but when each of us step outside of these walls to influence, to impact, to uplift, to bless somebody in the name of Christ, you know you're growing when God starts using you more. You know you're growing when God puts you into a place and you're like, God, I don't even want to do this, but I got to do it because you put me here. And so that's how you know you're growing when God starts using you more. So my question for you this morning is what have you done for God lately? What have you done for him to lately to impact the people, people life in the people in your life? What have you done to bring more people to Christ? Not just the church, but bring them to Christ to get, lead them into a greater encounter. What have you done out of your love for him? What have you done for Christ lately? Because when you when we really find ourselves growing in the love of God, when you find yourself falling in love with God for real, you will find yourself wanting to do more for him. You'll find yourself wanting.
you'll find yourself wanting to see others encounter him like you've been encountering him. Because I never found somebody, look, y'all know how we get, we find the juicy news, we want to tell everybody. And my question is for you is how juicy is God's gospel to you? How juicy is that revelation that God gave you in secret? I got to go tell somebody what God did for me. I got to look. Oh, look, I just read my Bible. and look, I, I was reading my Bible this morning. and This revelation came to me or I was I was praying this morning and God took me up in the spirit. And I saw this right here. I was praying. I was I was in the grocery store. I was on my way to class and God told me to go pray for this person. And they got healed. You got to learn to share. And grow in your will of being able to reach out and do more. So we know we're growing when we are getting more active, not just in what we want to do, but in reaching out. That's how you know you're growing. Amen. Yeah. All right, I'm done. The last way you know you're growing is when there, when you see a change in your wardrobe. You know you're growing. Yeah. When you got to get some new clothes, you know you're growing. When you got to go to Ross, when you got to go to Bilk, you got to go somewhere to get you some new clothes. When you find your weight, when you find the intensity of what you're carrying, when you find that growing, when you find your width, when you find your arms growing, how many need to buy me a new jacket? Amen. Praise God. When you find your commitment to do more for God increasing, You'll find out that you begin to outgrow things in your life. Things that used to fit, they just don't feel right anymore. I've tried to put on a pair of pants the other day. I said, I can't, I can't wear these pants no more. Things you know you look, you look fine. I know I was, I know I was, I was doing something in this. You put it on and you start looking funny in it. Because you started growing. And that's what happens when you grow in the spirit. You outgrow things in your life. They don't feel right anymore. They don't feel what you're carrying in the spirit anymore. They don't feel what God is doing in my life anymore. So this is what I need you to do. Dress your life to match what you're carrying. I'm talking about the people in your life. I'm talking about the things you do. I'm talking about how you spend your time. I'm talking about how you spend your money, the conversations you have, the things you watch, the things you listen to, the places you go. Dress your life to fit what you're carrying. Dress your life to match your, the level of commitment that you have for God. Because I declare to you that the more you try to squeeze, the more you try to push and shove yourself into something that you know you've outgrown, the more unhappy, the more uncomfortable, and the more unsatisfied you will be in your life. Because while you're trying to, hallelujah, while you're trying to fit into something that's too small for you, God is saying it's time to upgrade. God is saying it's, it's time to upgrade your circle. God is saying it's, it's time to upgrade the music you're listening to. God says it's time to upgrade how you spend in your time. God is saying it's time to upgrade the level, the, the, the amount of time that you spend with me in my word and in prayer. God is saying some, somebody, time, somebody, it's time to upgrade your commitment to him. Because you'll find out when you upgrade your commitment to Jesus, you'll find out that everything that you were stuck, you were stagnant, you were paralyzed in, God will give you the strength to move in it. My medical professionals, they can help me if I'm wrong. 
Jesus is the only cure to paralysis. They can't help you if you're paralyzed. I can go to the doctor. Doctor can't help me. If I'm stuck in the situation, I can go to my mama. My mama can't really help me. But I tell you, Jesus is the only cure to paralysis. Jesus is the only one that can bring you out of stuck and stagnant situations. Jesus is the only one that can be a mind regulator. Jesus is the only one that can be a heart fixer. I'm, I'm testifying for myself. Jesus is the only one that can heal your body when you get sick sometimes. Jesus is the only one that can do it. And that's why God is asking you to what upgrade your commitment to him. God, it's time for me to go to the next level in my love for you. God, it's now, it's now, it's the next, it's time for me to go to the next level in my worship and my, my praise and my adoration, Father, my commitment to you. Amen. Because when you upgrade your commitment, you'll find out that Jesus is all that you need. Now, if you know Jesus is all that you need, give God praise right there. Father God, we thank you now for this day, this opportunity to come into your house to hear your word. God, I thank you that your word has already gone forth and you have sent it to do what you want it to do. Father, and I'm grateful that you're calling us out of every paralyzed situation. Father, every paralyzed commitment, God, you are calling us out of it. And so, Father, I pray now that by your spirit, you will go and you will minister to your people. Father, in their seats, minister strength to them. Father, minister peace to them. Father, I pray that, that you will increase the mobility of their life. In the name of Jesus, we increase the mobility of their faith, increase the mobility of their gifting, God, increase the mobility of their calling so that, Father, what you have called us to be, that, Father, your body can grow in this earth, Father, so that your body can grow in this earth. Father, we submit and we surrender to you today. We declare that there's nobody like you, Jesus. And so, Father, my prayer, as your word has gone forth, you will minister to the hearts of your people this morning. God, whatever you are calling them to come active in, Father, activate it. Whatever is dormant in their lives, Father, wake them up in it. Father, sound the alarm, hallelujah, that we may get up ready to work. We get up ready to serve, Father. We get up ready to praise you. Father, because you're deserving of all of that, all of the glory, all of the honor and the praise. And we, God, we declare, Father, we will not let the rocks cry out, but we will give it to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody said, amen.